ready? Born ready. Of your favorite political podcast, Where the Party At? I'm your host, Saba Long. As always, thank you for rocking with us. I think, is this the first episode of July or is this the second? First episode, second episode of July. Man, we are moving. All right, y'all, let's jump into what is happening in the world of politics. And we got to start with none other than Marjorie Taylor Greene. So, was it last week's episode or the week before I hinted that this could happen and it happened. The house freedom caucus voted to remove Marjorie Taylor green as a member. Uh, one of the reasons is they feel that she sides too often with the house speaker, Kevin McCarthy. If you remember the episode where we talked about Kevin McCarthy and his, um, the vote, the many votes that took place for him to officially become speaker Marjorie Taylor Greene was with him the entire way through. And then I think I mentioned in last week's episode that she got into it with Lauren Boebert, who was her kind of BFF in the Freedom Caucus. She's a, a representative from Colorado who has some stiff competition. Uh, curious to see if she gets reelected. Um, so they kicked her out. Now, here's the funny part to me. She is refusing to answer their calls. Like I said, they've called her to try to say, hey, Marjorie, we have officially kicked you out. Like we took a vote and we kicked you out. And she's like, not answer the phone when she sees their name pop up. So I don't know. I guess they had to go to email or maybe they had someone kind of serve, serve her papers. You know, like, look, you are officially out. Okay. Even if you don't want to acknowledge it, you are out of the club. Well, she's like a little kid like that. La, 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 I, I don't know, hear exactly. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, does this really impact her? I don't think so. Like, she'll still, she still has the faith and confidence of the Speaker of the House. So for now, she's fine, I think. And I think there's a, a number of Republicans in the um, House who are annoyed by the Freedom Caucus. So I think she'll be okay either way. And some other news related to, not related to Marjorie, but her BFF, her other BFF, Donald Trump. Uh, there's an effort underway that's kind of gaining some steam, but I don't know where it will end up. So it's two grassroots organizations. One is called Free Speech for All, and the other is called Mi Familia Vota. So they have come together in an effort to ban Trump from ballots in the following states, Georgia, Nevada, Oregon, Colorado, and California. And what they are trying to do is use what's section three of the 14th amendment that explicitly states that individuals who have previously taken the oath of office and have engaged in an insurrection or rebellion are not able to run for that office again. Now, it's not clear if this also applies to the presidency, but they are, you know, they're going to go through all the 
protocols and, and tools that they can to see if they can get Trump kicked off the ballot. And they're using, obviously, January 6th and his involvement in January 6th uh, at that as an insurrection to as the basis for you know implementing Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And so they're asking the secretaries of state in these states that I mentioned, obviously, including Georgia, to uphold Section 3. And part of their reasoning is, if you remember Bolsonaro, the former president of Brazil, he was just banned from holding office for eight years for some of the same tactics that Trump had, that Trump did. And so, you know, does a Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, try this? I don't anticipate that he would. Um, but it's one of those where it's like, he doesn't have anything to lose by trying. But then again, Republicans could see this as a, an attack, right? Like, we'll talk about Trump a little bit later, too, in 2024 watch. But 50%, he, he's polling right at around 50%. So if half the Republicans want him, if you, are you if you were a Republican Secretary of State, are you really going to go put your neck on the line again? and ban him from office in your state or ban him from the ballot in your state i don't know um some are calling this an effort of activism but if you're asking people to uphold the 14th amendment is that really activism or is it just asking folks to implement the law that's already there so we'll see what happens i the furthest I think it could happen is maybe California, because that's a blue state already. But I can't imagine this will happen in other states. But who knows? On to 2024 watch. Uh, Larry Sabato, who is this pundit, has uh, something called a crystal ball. And he always assesses kind of where things are. It was the lay of the land in the election season, election cycle. And so he has again put Georgia as a toss-up Slash battleground state for 2024. So get re get ready for nonstop ads <laughs> and text <laughs> messages and mailers and people knocking on your door. I know Georgia voters are tired of it, but we are still considered a toss up state. So Georgia, along with Nevada, Arizona, and Wisconsin, are all considered toss up states according to his crystal ball. As I mentioned, Trump is still favored to be the nominee. DeSantis is still behind Trump by a healthy margin. But I personally think that that's not a bad thing for DeSantis. We are in July. He's got lots of time, right? You're not, people aren't voting until next year. And so I think if he has a decent fall and winter and as he prepares for those first states, and he does well on the debate stage, he still has a chance to kind of get into the poll position. And then who knows what's going to happen with um, the former vice president, Mike Pence. Uh, there's also an effort to try to prop up his campaign. But one person I want to highlight is Tim Scott, who just did a $6 million ad buy in Iowa. Let's listen to his, one of his new commercials. Playing football taught me that it's good to fight, but it's better to win. But in Joe Biden's America, 
everybody gets a participation trophy and everybody is a victim. The radical left is indoctrinating our children, teaching CRT instead of ABC, punishing excellence by eliminating honors classes and promoting a transgender ideology that's ruining women's sports. I'm Tim Scott and I approve this message because as president, I'll fight back and I'll win. Why are you laughing over there? Because the last shot. That was a good throw. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good throw. Uh, it was just funny him throwing it to the football player. It's, yeah. It's funny. But that was, that was a good kind of ad, though. Like, I liked it. I mean, it's Republican bingo, right? It's like all the buzzwords that you're supposed to say. And they added a new one because I didn't know they were trying to erase honors classes. Now, I'm going to have to do my own research. Yeah. But, like, that also will strike some people because I don't like that, you know, idea yeah. of getting rid of that. Like, right. You know, I'm an yeah. honors kid. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you have to. Fact check and see yeah, if that's fact, accurate. Fact check but, on that, but the, yeah, it, it was yeah, it's, a it's clearly <laughs> yeah, it's clearly targeted to parents, right? It's clearly targeted to that you know thirty five or thirty and up demo, and that's who votes the most. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, um, there are a number of senators who are supporting Tim Scott, um, and he's he his campaign doesn't get the kind of attention that you know, Donald Trump and DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy's have. But the thought is that he's kind of doing the quiet work in those early states so that he has a strong showing. So even if you don't see him on the news all the time, his campaign's approach is to really just be on the ground. I just wish he would tackle race differently. I think that yeah, he could... Not going to do that. I feel like he could tackle it the same way Obama did. I agree. And I agree. And, and get away with it. Uh, but I think I if he even says, like, if he even if acknowledges himself as black. Yeah. If Republicans weren't going after critical race theory the way they are, he could acknowledge it in a real meaningful way. And I think he tries to skirt around it like he'll say small like he'll mention his mom and talk about i think he's yeah and his grandfather but he's from south carolina he's from like charleston yeah he won't do it in a meaningful way and the same thing with nikki haley right i mean yeah this is someone who has miss namrata yeah right yeah right she won't acknowledge like she hides this part of herself because she doesn't feel like it's her true self is acceptable to the masses. Which to me, I don't understand why nobody in politics. Take a page from Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, kind of. We've married to an Indian woman, have Indian kids. Yeah, it stands on uh, that. But he also is against <laughs> CRT and all this other stuff. You, but he's and he's Hindu and he leans into that. I'm yeah. like, I mean, you could say you're black and against CRT. I don't think saying I'm against CRT is going to scare anybody away for real who knows what's really going on. Like, yeah, I don't even CRT doesn't even come across in any elementary, middle schools. I know maybe high level high school and college. So what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, and as a as a black voter, I would at least like to see a black candidate, you know. Just say something. Just, you well, this know. is this has always been the challenge with Republican candidates who are minorities. 
And he's single too, right? Too, so that's not married. Yeah, he's not married. Never been married. Yeah, so that too. I know that. You know, it's a pause for some some people. I mean, mm-hmm. Not for me, but I know the other side. Like, yeah, that. I think that would be a pause for a lot of conservative voters, generally speaking. Uh, someone who's never been married. Yeah. But both that both of South Carolina senators, Lindsey Graham, has also never been married. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Different pie. <laughs> on the democratic side uh democrats are really coalescing around biden as the nominee most recently this is the biggest i think kind of public acknowledgement of biden as a nominee was aoc who's you know obviously from the progressive side of the party who's saying nope i'm supporting biden for president and so i think that obviously shuts down Anyone else who's a Democrat who's trying to, it shuts down, um, oh gosh, what's the woman's name? Marianne Williamson, mm-hmm. RFK Kennedy, Jr. Yeah, yeah, so I think the only other question is, is a third party candidate going to get in the race? And if they do, what happens then? This will be the time. I really feel like this will be the time. If a third party candidate wanted to you make yeah. some type of waves. Well, no, no labels is trying to find a third party candidate to run. They've talked about someone like a Joe Manchin or someone like Kristen Cinema, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema are. I mean, if you're thinking about like a third party candidate who's going to be pro. People, yeah, outside of Cornell West, I mean, I guess he's supposedly, but not. I'm talking about a viable third. Like, this is some this is time where like some Democrats and some Republicans could literally break away and come together and show people like a form of unity. And I think that was, yeah, something crazy. But there's not, I mean, who's a candidate who's really going to be like with the people? Like, Kristen Cinema is not what someone seen a, as with the people. What if an AOC and an MTG came together? What kind of like whip up for the people would that cause? Like AOC is like, you know what, the progressive side, we're leaving the Democrats. And MTG is like the radical side is leaving. So you have like the far left and the far right. Yeah, come together. Because it's kind of like. Think of AOC as technically far left, but she's she's to the left of. You can meet in the the middle where you agree. It's kind of like when. they say like when, when Farrakhan it's talks the horse, to the KKK. It's the horseshoe method. It's, oh, it's the it's horseshoe, yeah, where you've got the far of each side come together. Oh, so there's actually a thing. It's a thing. Hmm. Because if you think about it from like a policy standpoint, once you take away the rhetoric, there's a lot of similarity. Every time. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a lot of similarity between a Bernie voter and a Trump voter as far as like what they wanted from their government. Yeah. So I, this is the time I... Call it the horseshoe method. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this would be a time for a horseshoe method. Well, AOC just. Yeah, I mean. AOC's rocking with Biden. Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene is rocking with Trump. Yeah. Now, if something happens to both of them, then I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, uh, 2024 is going to be a riot. And the first debate is next month. <clears throat> For the Republican side, the first debate will be next month. Uh, it's like mid mid or late August, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Right time for school. Yeah, so yeah, Tim, Tim Scott should be on the debate stage. Vivek Ramaswamy, DeSantis, Trump, 
I think Nikki Haley is going to be on. And then there's a question of Chris Chris if Chris Christie will have enough donors. I think the only one who doesn't have a shot so far is the former governor of is it Arkansas? Oh, no, what state? Asa Hutchins. I don't remember where he's the governor of, but I think he's the only one that folks are like. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Okay, he doesn't. He's so far behind as far as individual donors that he probably won't get on. Hmm. We'll see. Switching up a little bit, something we haven't talked about in a while is unions, and there's a big possible strike happening that I want to highlight because it's going to impact every single person who listens to the pod. So the International Brotherhood of Teamsters is a union, and they represent more than 340,000 UPS workers. Yes, that is a massive number of people. UPS, if you don't already know, is a Metro Atlanta-based company. Its CEO is a woman, and she is pretty much, I would say, well-beloved in the Atlanta and Georgia business community. Well, the Teamsters have been negotiating with UPS for a few months now on a new contract. And their current contract expires July 31st. And they have said if a new contract is not signed in time, they will go on strike on August 1st. Why is this all a big deal? This would be the largest strike in recent American history. UPS moves about 6% of the U.S. GDP every day. That's the gross domestic product. Yes, UPS moves about 6% of the U.S. GDP every day. It is estimated that if the Teamsters strike, because they're a union, when a union strike, they have something called a strike fund. So that's an amount of money when you pay your union dues, a portion of those dues go into an account that will pay you if you go on strike, right? So you're not getting money from the employer because you're not working. You would instead get paid through the union, through the strike fund. So if this happens, within three weeks, the Teamster strike fund would be emptied. It's just that massive. It's $346 million. The last time UPS workers went on strike was in 1997. It lasted 15 days, and it cost UPS $850 million. Massive. So what's going to happen? We don't know yet. I mean, obviously, they could still make a deal between now and July 31st. UPS is blaming the Teamsters and saying that they are walking away from the negotiation table. Um, this is typically what happens in these kinds of situations. One party blames the other. The other party blames the other. Right? Everyone's just pointing fingers at each other. Um there's a possibility that the White House could step in and ask the two parties to make a deal uh, to avoid, you know, any damage that might could happen to the economy. I suspect that if the strike happens, and this happened, I think, last time, that USPS, right, the U.S. Postal Service and FedEx will be overwhelmed with trying to handle the orders that UPS can't handle, the deliveries that UPS can't handle. So... There's a lot of unknown. Um, one of the big things that a win that you, the Teamsters did negotiate out of the deal, because they have a tentative deal, but there's a few things that they're still going back and forth on. But one, I think we talked about this on the pod before, might, maybe many months ago, 
is for the UPS drivers to have air conditioning in their trucks, which sounds so bizarre, right? But they don't have air conditioning in those trucks. So if you imagine it's like 90 degrees. Yeah, I just found that out. I, I thought that they rolled with the doors open because <laughs> it was easy to get ex- out. Yeah. You know, like how the postman yeah, yeah, yeah. drives on the other side. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like, oh, a quick, you know, in right. and out. No, I it's never... because if we're not, we're gonna die. <laughs> there's no breath. <laughs> there's no I air. Never knew that. Like that's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's been like that for years. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what they do in the winter, and then like I said, the summer. This has been an incredibly hot summer so far. At least to me, it has been. So just you know, that's a win that they're. I don't know what the timeline is on retrofitting all those vehicles. But that is definitely a win. But one of the big things they're they're trying to negotiate is making sure that folks who like re- regular pay, right? Making sure that folks are paid well, making sure that folks are able to have uh, consistency in their pay, right? So like you know exactly how many hours a week you have. Like those are all types of things that they're negotiating. And then I think some some negotiating around. Um, their health, right? So I mean, it's a very physically demanding job. And so I think they're negotiating something around making sure that, you know, once they retire 20 years from now, right? If I'm, if I'm in my 50s and I'm a UPS worker or UPS driver, I want to be able to still, I, I don't want to be retiring at 60 or, or at 10 years after I retired, I can barely walk, right? Because my body's just so broken down from delivering packages. So they're trying to figure out some, um, like, what their options are with the company around making sure that folks are healthy and they retire and still are able to, you know, use their bodies, so to speak. So that's what's happening with UPS. We'll see uh, where things land. I just, uh, the other day, I ran into, I was out at a restaurant and I saw the UPS driver coming in. And I said, are you planning to strike? And he said, yep. If they don't make a deal, I'm planning to strike. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was just curious to see. Because, you know, sometimes with union stuff, like, the, it's at the top. And the people who are actually, actually working, working don't yes. really know what's going on. But, no, he he knew. He was like, yeah, they don't sign by July 31st. We're going on strike. 340,000 workers. You this said six percent of the GDP. I, I put it into a uh, shout out Chat GPT. I put in the Chat GPT. That's like one point three six trillion dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And when you yeah. say, can you retrofit some of those trucks? I think if we're touching a trillion dollars in just product, <laughs> yeah. somebody there has to be money. So and there always is. Yeah. You know when I think about like companies like a. Chick-fil-A or a quick trip or like even the public, like people who are known to take care of their employees, mm-hmm. they also seem to be very profitable businesses too. They right. don't seem to like slack yeah. on anything they need. So yeah. Why? And UPS did really well during the pandemic because everyone was ordering online, right? No one was going into yeah. stores. And they're gonna they continue to do well. Like right. I've I see UPS every week at my so like there's not a time where, you know what I'm saying like it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it was not the house every day in the neighborhood so yeah, yeah UPS has I 
six percent, I they probably touch more than that. So yeah. many things get delivered. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. So yeah. and and they're airline pilots, right? Because they've got the oh, trucks, yeah. but they also have the airline pilots. And the airline pilots said that they will join the strike. So then, will the local stores join the strike too? You know, the UPS so. stores that have. The I don't think so. I think those are mostly franchised. Mm. I don't. I don't think they will. But they'll be affected because that means UPS yeah. won't be coming to pick those packages. Right. Up. I might go to the store to drop them off. Yeah, I don't know. I'll ask. There's a store right by me, and yeah. I, that I go to all the time. I'll ask them, like, "Hey, will the strike impact you?" Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Because that's crazy. The pilots are gonna jump into. Not crazy, but that's yeah, kind of good. That, yeah, they said they're too. you know in solidarity. Yeah, they got air conditioning. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, a non-air conditioned plane that would be a tragedy. Damn. All right, switching gears for the final portion of the show, party pooper and party starter. Party pooper. <laughs> party pooper. Oh, man, this party pooper, I feel so bad talking about it, but it happened and it's, you know, it is what it is. So it is uh, Khalid Kamal, who is the mayor of the city of South Fulton, AKA the blackest city in America, which is, I think that's, that is factual. It is the blackest city in America. Uh, he was arrested like early Saturday morning for what was, it wasn't clear at first. And then, you know, rumors start spreading, but essentially it was trespassing and burglary. And he was in this is not 100% clear, but I, it, I believe he walked into someone's house or he was on someone's property. This was like six something in the morning on Saturday. And he said he thought the house was vacant. And he, it was a house that he liked and he wanted to buy. But let's listen to what he actually says. This past April, police shut down an Easter egg hunt he organized because he didn't have a permit. In March, city council members filed a lawsuit demanding his removal from office, saying he violated the city charter. In July of last year, he sued members of council, alleging they violated the Open Records Act. I hope that the uh, spotlight that is on our city right now will highlight some of the inequities that have been happening. So you're guilty of the charges? I think that's for the voters to decide. And of course, there's a lot of uncertainty and uh, confusion happening in the city of South. <laughs> now, if you don't see the video, he's saying that as he's going inside of the police car. Correct. Yeah, he's not. Right. I thought he was saying that on the way out. He's saying that yeah. on the way in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he's been beefing with the police chief. He's had a lot of there's a lot of tension between him and the city council. There was that meeting that we talked about, I think it was earlier in the year, where, you know, it was the the meeting got so bad that I think they ended up having to, like, shut it down. Mm-hmm. He posted on Twitter, and I quote, hey, y'all, I'm good, I'm free, God is still using me, stay tuned. And then text the word Fulton to a number to get his newsletter and mobile alerts. And then there's a photo of the scripture, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, I don't know. That's just, you know, that if I'm the resident of South Fulton, I'm definitely 
annoyed because she's like, you just don't want your city to be in the news for something, you know, weird or. Damn, this I hate that it's always uh, the black cities. I agree. You know, I agree. I'm the party starter. Everybody, let's go. Oh man. Okay, I guess as a party starter. We could say Ukraine because the United States is giving them cluster munitions. I think <coughs> this is is this the second or third time the United States has said we're not going to give Ukraine something, and then the government decides to indeed give them something. Could they not use that extra funds that they said they sent by accident to just buy yeah. their own? <laughs> I well, no, probably not. I don't know, but um, I think a lot of folks are eager for. A deal um because otherwise this is gonna feel like every other war we have been in right in recent history where it just goes on and on and on and there's no clear off ramp and so my hope is that the 2024 election really prompts the united states and ukraine and europe to sit down and say okay how do we how do we tie this up? Now, um, I do see that they say like these bombs are banned. Like, uh, yeah, there were a con- couple of Democrats. It's like they don't like this. Yeah, over, but I think there's uh, concern that it could hurt civilians. Yeah, that's what it says. It could hurt civilians, and these bombs are banned by more than 120 countries under the Geneva Convention. Wow. So it's kind of like, how do we even have them? But it, well, deeper question. We are allowed to have whatever yeah. we want because we're America. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's just how it goes. I mean, I guess. Well, the saying is always better us than a country that we don't want to have them. And that's generally how we view such things. Um, but you know, the I think the one thing to come out of this is that it sounds like the White House is. Ukraine is trying to join NATO, and it sounds like the White House is basically telling Ukraine, like, we're not backing that. And so maybe them, maybe the United States giving Ukraine cluster munitions is a way to say, we're not going to support this, but we are trying to figure out a way to, you know, give you some leverage in this war against Russia. But uh, I don't know. I, I think... I don't know what in, what's going to end up happening, but I I am personally eager for us to find a resolution. Yeah, because at this point, it's like, why is it taking so long to be done? It even seems like Putin's kind of like tired. Like I don't. Yeah, I think everyone is. Yes, what's going on? Oh man, you know who another party starter could be, and this is again kind of a comical party starter, is uh. Brigozin, the Russia, the head of um, the private security company in Russia. So he was the one who was, he went, his troops, like, went to Russia, right? Or went went to um, the, uh, oh my gosh, what's the capital of Russia? What, the- Why am I blanking on, what's the capital of Russia? Moscow. <laughs> like, oh my God. His troops went to Moscow. To do the haku or something? Yeah. So right. So oh, they tried. Yeah. You you missed this? No. Yeah. So they were about to the Wagner group. So they were about to like they were approaching 
and then they got I think it was like a hundred a hundred uh miles from the city and the president of um Lukashenko the president of Belarus like negotiated for them to not go into Moscow and so they came back like they moved back out they turned around but then right Russia's like okay are you gonna is Putin gonna ask for this guy's head on a platter basically yeah so they raid his home they raid Prigozhin's home mm-hmm. he this is where it gets weird they said like Pergozin is in Belarus, but then Pergozin goes to Russia to get to get like the weapons they took from his home because they're like, okay, here you can have your weapons back. But the question is, it may not actually be Pergozin. They're saying it could have been a body double. Wow. So we may not know where Pergozin really is. That's smart. Shout if out that's to if, like, if this is all true, if it's all true, if it's all true, him. that's freaking crazy. Wow, in the midst of this whole war. Yeah. Dang, I gotta do some research on that one. I didn't know a whole little Because the whole thing, happened. I mean, Russia can't I don't think they can win without Wagner. So they need they need Wagner because they don't have That's the military force, right? Well, that's the private military force. There's the Russian military and then there's this mercenary group that yeah, yeah that Putin hired. Yeah, but now it's he wants to go against Putin. Like it's they're tired, like yeah. Clearly. Well, yeah, more, because Prigozhin has a Prigozhin has beef with the head of Russia's military, and so like they've got like an old school beef, and it just and these Wagner soldiers are a mixture of real soldiers and convicts. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's next level over there. Yeah, that's crazy. But I hope I hope it gets resolved because we are. I'm like, please no World War Three. Please no unnecessary war. Like, can we please just resolve this and focus on other important things that we need to be taking care of? Like the climate and why it's getting so hot. I mean, 89 degrees right now. Yeah, and there's storms. And it probably feels like 90-something. 90, 90 yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Well, I guess that is the show. As always, thank you for tuning in. We went on a little bit of a, a little side conversation on the last part, but all good. Until next time, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your folks that you like to debate politics with to tune in to where to party at. All right, y'all. Take care.